quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Oh, Yes Guy. Let's unwrap episode 77 of Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Jim Taddy, Perry Lefko with you. Perry, how are you this week, sir? Doing great, Jim. How about yourself? Very good. Very excited. We've got a great guest list today. We've got Paul Jones, the voice of the Raptors, Frank Corrado, my partner on Leaf Games, and Mark Rowe, the hardest working man in television. And before we get there, looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage has 27 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be at work by anyone. And check out Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan, and a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic, available now in titanium gold or matte black go to fox40shop.com now the last time foxcroft ron foxcroft was on the show i asked him if he was going to invent the friendly whistle and paul jones voice of the raptors would be interested in the friendly whistle jonesy how are you today i'm good tom explain the concept give me the friendly whistle Taddy, yes, guy. The friendly, the, the the friendly, the friendly whistle is the one where Raptors fans, after it is blown, are happy with the result. Um, if we have, when you invent that one, uh, let me in on the patent because it's going to make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Uh, Jonesy, it's so, Perry. So How you doing today? I'm good, Perry. Great to hear you, man. I, my first question for you, Jonesy, is you used to be a teacher, then you were a principal. Man, you've done a lot in your life. What do you think about everything? Uh, it, it's crazy to look at life's journey, you know, Perry. And, uh, you know, when I was leaving the educational world formally, I'm still in it now. It's Being in education is, is being like, as, as Doc Rivers would say, it's being like in the Eastern Conference playoffs, like being in the mafia. Even when you think you're out of it, you're not. So, uh, you know, I have a school visit planned, uh, you know, a little, a little after we're done this to talk to kids. And, I, and at the end of that part of my career, I read research where it said the kids in that era, 2008, 2009, will have five different careers before they retire. And, I, you know, I look at, I look at uh, you know, I look at myself. I've been through three already. So, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's life's journey, Perry. It's where it takes you. And sometimes you just kind of, you know, roll with the tide and, and wherever it takes you, if it's in a good place, you keep rolling. Jones, you know, you've got a lot of influences and I'm not going to rhyme them all off. The ones that I'm aware of, because I've heard you talk, your father, uh, your brother, Mark, uh, you've got that education background, you played basketball, and obviously, uh, you, you've, you know, you're a good broadcaster, a very good broadcaster, so you had broadcast influences. When you sift through all of that, what, what gets you to where you are? Um, all, all of them, James. They're all, you're, you're a mixture of you know, it's the old nature-nurture argument. I, I was born with, lucky to be born with some stuff and then be in environments with great people uh, teaching me. 
and and uh, learning, you know, what to do, and not 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 all of it in the classic sense. I mean, there were tough some tough lessons in there, but um, you know, my 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 parents, you know, Mark and I, our parents, both of us, you know, my dad, a little known story. My dad, when he came from Jamaica, emigrated from Jamaica, uh, took broadcasting courses at the then Ryerson University, uh, Ryerson Polytechnical Institute. And he went back to Jamaica uh, every summer to visit his family. And uh, I remember as a kid in the bedroom, Mark and I hearing my mom and dad talk and, and overheard a conversation. And the long and the short of it was he turned down the number one radio job in Jamaica uh, so that Mark and I could be educated in Canada, in Toronto, because his older sister, who was a lawyer, felt there were better opportunities for us, the boys here. So he turned down that job when radio was king in Jamaica in, you know, in the in the 60s and, and early 70s, he turned it down. So and, and he used to say to us as broadcasters or just in general, learn the Queen's English, learn the language, use the language properly. You know, you're educated. Be, don't, don't come across as somebody who's, a, you know, who's, who's uneducated. And he used to speak to us in Latin all the time. And we got that influence from home. And then um, terrific influences from and, and, and kind of shaping from coaches. I was fortunate enough to go to a great high school that really valued sports and basketball and all its teachings. The same thing at university, my university coach, I played golf with him last week. Um, and, and then the, all the other people that I met in education, teachers, and believe it or not, the students, uh, the kids teaching you how to be open-minded. They have no qualms until somebody influences them around, uh, you know, sexism or racism or, or culture or creed, they, they, the kids are all open-minded. And I took a lot of that from being around them and working with them. And, uh, you know, all the people that I met from different cultures and religions in the educational world. So uh, I've been really very fortunate to have a great life's journey in terms of teaching. So how much did your father influence the broadcasting careers of both you and your brother? Oh, tremendously, Perry. Um, you know, and Mark and I are always, people always poke fun at us uh, for a word or a phrase that comes out. Uh, he always, you know, my grandfather was a principal too back in Jamaica and in England. And he used to say, my dad used to say, people use about 10% of the English language. He goes, try to use 12, try to bring the level up. Um, you know, even now I still read novels and you find a word and you want to know the context, it, it goes on a list. So he had a great influence on us and, and he was a walking dictionary. You could never ask him a word that he wouldn't be able to trace back to the Latin root and stem and tell you what the word was. Uh, I, I remember one morning sitting around and we were singing something in a religious service when I was a kid. And I asked him, you know, what does this mean, dad? Te deum laudamus, and he's like, Deo, like the day, like laude, to praise. We praise thee for the day, Lord. I'm like, wow, like I wouldn't know that. And and he, he always, you know, he was always honest about the use of the language, and and trying to convey that and how important it was. And and sometimes just 
it just slips out in the broadcast where a word comes to me that seems to be the best word and same with my brother. And, and, uh, we had a funny, uh, funny incident on Twitter back in the fall. Uh, Mark was calling a football game and he talked about Iowa's defense being intransigent. And somebody said on Twitter, Mark Jones doesn't even know what that means. And he tweeted back, he quipped back, uh, impenetrable, the same way a defense should be. My father was a language maker. My, my grandfather, an English uh, a principal and an English teacher. I know the language. STU. Shut up. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, no, he was a big influence, Perry. He was a big influence, my dad, in that sense. And he would, he would listen to the broadcast and critique us. Like I would say something like Toronto increases their lead to 14. And then I get a call at the end of the game. He said, you know, you used the wrong object of the verb. And I said, what do you mean? He said, Toronto, that's singular. Toronto increases its lead. You said their lead. It would be the Raptors increase their, oh, yeah, okay, Dad. All right, got it. Otherwise, the call was okay, right? <laughs> you know? Like, so he was, he was honest, Perry. He, he, you know, he, he always used to say, you don't have to be perfect, but you have to try your best to be. So you were a day oneer with the Raptors in terms of broadcasting, and I probably asked this to everyone associated with the Raptors broadcast. What was your reaction? What was your feeling when the Raptors won the championship? Uh, almost disbelief, Perry, uh, because I was there in those those early days that were very dark at times. Where, as I used to say quietly to my, the Raptors are in the NBA but they're not in the same. Uh, they would lose by 40 points to Shaq and Penny or get beat, pasted by, you know, 36 points by the Knicks with Ewing and Oakley and Anthony Mason. And, you know, they, they, they play against the Lakers and have no chance of winning. And I froze when the game ended and it was to go onto the court to do the issues. I looked around. I thought, "Are you kidding me? This this team that um, this team that you know had nothing or came from nothing is one of ten teams since 1980, eleven teams since 1980 to win the championship." And it was it was almost surreal. Being trophy and um, you know watching the Raptors up there on the stage with the trophy and then. Uh, being fortunate to have the trophy for a day. You know, everybody gets a Stanley Cup for a day. I'm sure I had Larry O'Brien for a day. And uh, all the people that were on my basketball journey with me, I, I brought it to golf courses and houses and church basements. And so everybody could get a look and a picture and, a, and, and touch. It was really something else, Perry. And as one of my former broadcast partners said, it's like the Comet get a good look at it because you never know when it's going to come by again. Yeah, very true. Those are great words. And, and, you know, it's a great example. I use it as a template for how you win. If you go back to those four rounds, there's a point in each one of those rounds where it could have gone south and it didn't. Jonesy, I want to end on this. I, I think that you could learn a lot about somebody by, by having supper with them. So take us back to the Jones family supper table uh, with your parents and, uh, and Mark and, and your, your family. I mean, what's that supper table look like? 
um, the, all the meals were pretty much the same, James. They, they, you know, um, my dad went to boarding school, so he called you once for dinner. If he called you once and you weren't there, he started to eat. And, you know, you'd sit down and say, you started without me? He'd say, hey, man, you force a guy to work not to eat. I called you once. And there was a lot of, a lot of discussion about um, the world and life events. And, you know, growing up in a, in a uh, you know, Jamaican household, but assimilating into mainstream society, we understood where we were. And we also understood that we were minorities, too. And things weren't always going to be easy. And you would have to grind and work for things. And, you know, mom and dad used to say, and, you know, the Latin translation to English is, hey, man, don't tell me how rough the water is. Just bring the ship in. I, I don't want to hear your complaints. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. Get it done. Get it done. And um, there was a lot of that. And, and with, with uh, our, our influences in sports, Mark and I played everything. Uh, we, we, we played every sport. And I do the same thing with my kids. I've got fortunate enough to have three kids that were all uh, varsity athletes at a university at a high level. And my dad used to talk about loving the game beyond its rewards. And, and, you know, we, I handed that down to my kids, you know, play hard, give everything you have, play fair, don't cheat, play within the rules, play together. If there's somebody on your team that has a better shot or, you know, pass the puck up the ice or pass the ball up the field or up the court or whatever, play together and have fun. Cause if you don't have fun, then you might as well stop. And we never really talked about winning, but you kind of get those four things done and, and the winning's going to help. It's going to come through. And my dad and mom and dad were always about that. Give me, giving your best effort. We'd come home from games and, you know, lose a game and throw your stuff against the wall and slam your bag down. And they would look at us and say, did you give everything you had? And when the answer was yes, they put their palms to the sky and said, well, you can't control everything. So a lot, a lot of chats like that, Jim, around the table and a lot of, uh, a lot of great teaching from, from, from mom and dad. Jonesy, just want to thank you for stopping by today. Really enjoyed the conversation, and it's a thrill to work with you on the Raptors game. So you are the best. Thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure, Jim, and it's great to work with you as such a professional, a guy that, uh, you know, I watched I watched do it for a lot of years in, in a lot of different venues and, and uh, you know, picking up the paper and reading Perry's column early on every Friday. Those were those were in part, important parts of my, uh, you know, my media teaching. So thank you to both of you guys. Those are excellent accounts and descriptions. Thanks, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> all right be be well okay, guys, <laughs> we'll end it on you. that thank you looking for an experienced real estate agent well charles park is your man and if you're looking for an experienced real estate agent or if you are one and you're looking for a comprehensive value and distinct advantage then you should contact charles park managing broker remax west realty brokerage offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring so he not only sells and buys for clients, but he can hire you. For a confidential interview, call 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. This is YESGUY, the radio show on TSN 1050.
Yes, Guy, the radio show, Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 877 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Now we bring in a somewhat regular on Yes Guy, which is, you know, we don't do this very often. Frankie Corrado is here. Frankie C., how are you today, sir? Guy, Guy, thanks for having me on. I think you told me one night when we were up in the 600 level that I had a second appearance on Yes Guy, the radio show, and you're like, hey, man, like this doesn't happen very often, so consider yourself pretty lucky. So I, a very privileged guy to be doing this uh, as a semi-regular on your radio show. Yeah, this is, I mean, appearance number three, which is uh, nobody's got there before, and, you know, Many at the start of this, uh, most people thought we wouldn't even have three episodes of Yes Guy, but here we are, uh, tooling along. So I want to ask you first. I want to ask you about golf. How good a golfer are you? Uh, you know what? You usually let the other people decide how good of a golfer you are. But I'll put it to you this way: my index <laughs> is a five point six. I like to tell people I'm an eight, though. I like to give myself a little wiggle room, my friend. All right. On the question of golf. PGA Championship, Tiger Woods makes the cut and then has to bow out after the third round because his wonky back leg, everything went. What did you think overall of, of the performance? I think it's gutsy. I, you know what, I grew up a big Tiger fan. Obviously, that's a, a big reason why I started playing golf. And, you know, it, it just it became so customary to sit down on a Sunday afternoon and watch Tiger charge up the leaderboard or hold on to a lead. And, um, you know, it, it's somewhat nostalgic to see Tiger pulling up to these big events and uh, making the cut. And, um, you know, just, just speaking as an athlete, when you see someone gutting it out who you know is in pain and isn't functioning at 100%, you can just see the drive, you know, that, that Tiger has to be competing with these new-age golfers. And, um, you know, he's obviously not the Tiger that we're used to where he just gets up to the tee and smashes the ball. And if he sprays it 40, 50 yards, he's still finding ways to make par. But... I think it's just very commendable. Um, obviously, you know, he's, he's probably got to be looking at his long-term health here and, um, you know, how he's going to be able to manage that. But, you know, one thing you can say about Tiger, um, he's a competitor, and he always has been, and he always will be. And, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lesson to be learned for young athletes, aspiring athletes, to see a guy who has nothing left, left to prove. Like, he, he has proved everything he, he possibly can in the game of golf but he's still out there and he's still pushing. And so, um, you know, if, if you don't have respect for Tiger before, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity to, to, to have some respect for, for Tiger, the, the competitor. So Frankie C with a five index and, and it's projected as an eight to be nice. I mean, there's not much wrong with your game. Uh, you've texted me from time to time and, you know, you've bogeyed out the last three holes to ruin a good round. So, I mean, it seems to me that you've got a lot of stuff working and maybe fatigue just gets in the way at times. Well, you know me, Jimmy, hey, I like to plan my day around my meals, right? And so if I'm teeing off and there's a meal that's supposed to be occurring somewhere around the 15th or 16th hole, I get up to that tee box and I'm starting to see, you know, a little, little blurry, little squirrely on that tee box, and it can go south pretty quick. So, um, you know what, I, I got to say, for actually, I started playing golf before I started playing hockey, funny enough, um, always going to driving range with my dad and... 
Um, I actually had my first job. My first summer job was at the golf course near my house, working the back shop, cleaning clubs, cleaning carts. And as a 14-year-old, they were letting me drive the carts around because uh, I guess I passed the little uh, driver's exam in the parking lot there with the golf carts. So that was nice. Too bad they didn't know that we were taking the carts and going on uh, cruises on the golf course when everyone was done and we were closing up. But uh, they don't need to know that. Uh, but um, you know what? I, I think for, for my game, uh, usually pretty good off the tee. Iron play could use some work. Putting's hot and cold. It's like it's like any kind of amateur golfer, you know. Like there's there's days when you're you go out on the course and you're like, oh, I can't miss it, and I don't know really what I'm doing different. And then there's some days it just it just doesn't go right, and you fire an 86, and you're like, ah, uh, not the best, not the best. But we're still gonna put that in the old handicap system because maybe we'll uh, we'll bump up that index a little bit. Frankie, you spray one left, you spray one right. Are you the type of guy that wants to go hunting for your ball or say, forget it, man, just play the next one? Uh, I'll give it. I'll give it the old college try, Perry. You know, if if it's too far gone, I'll I'll kind of just cut my losses. I like to hit a provisional, anyways, just to to make sure I have something in play. Where it really gets tricky is when that provisional gets sprayed right or left, and then you're thinking, okay, I could be hitting five. I've off the tee here, but, um, you know, I, I think uh, I try and keep it quick. Like, I don't want to be on the course for more than four hours, to be honest with you guys. As much as I love golf, there's nothing worse than waiting on every shot and uh, being out there for four and a half, five hours. So, you know, four hours, keep it moving. You know, if, if, if you can find the ball in, in a decent amount of time, that's great. But, you know, people got stuff to do. Like, I don't know, I got errands. I got stuff going on. I can't be on the course for, four, you know, four and a half, five hours. Frankie C., uh, going to the memory banks, of, of all the guys there, all the people you've played golf with, all your shots, all that, uh, I guess, misadventure when you were working at, at the golf course with the carts and all that, what's the weirdest, strangest thing you've seen in person on a golf course? I tell you right away, I know exactly what the weirdest thing I ever saw was. And do you remember, it was the last time Tiger played in the Canadian Open at Glen Abbey, and it was the year that he hit that pretty incredible bunker shot on 18. Well, I got the day off yeah. school, and I went on Friday. And I'm pretty sure Tiger was playing with Jesper Parnovic and uh, the Walrus, uh, Craig Stadler. And we were obviously following Tiger's group around. It was pretty early in the morning. And I can't remember what hole it was, but Parnovic hit a shot um, that kind of airmailed the green a little bit. But I guess someone had a clipboard uh, in the gallery, and the ball hit off the clipboard and took a really nice bounce and kind of, I don't know if it bounced on the green or, like, very close to the fringe, but Tiger kind of looks over to our area of the gallery, and I could swear he was making eye contact with me, but he, everyone who was standing there probably thinks that as well. And uh, Tiger goes something like, can you guys believe that? And we're all sitting there like, uh, we can't believe you're talking to us right now. So, um, you know, that, that was the craziest thing to, like, look Tiger in the eyes and he's talking in our, our general vicinity. Um, and the shot from part of it itself was actually, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great bounce. I would, have, uh, I would have called it a member's bounce, Jimmy. Speaking of Jesper Parnovic, were you the type of guy that would look at him and go, Guy, what's the deal with the hat? <laughs> you know what? I don't mind a little bit of a, of a flair. I think that was his thing, right? And so you see Bryson, that's his thing with his hat. Um, you know, I keep it pretty simple on the course. I just wear, like, black shorts and a, you know, I, I don't get too fancy. Carlos got all the fancy, uh, 
all the colorful shirts. I think it's awesome, but if that's your thing, that's your thing. Uh, Partovic was definitely one of the one of the I don't know if you can say weirder looking guys on tour, but I even even from just the way he looked to the way he dressed, he was just a bit of an odd character. Now, Frankie C, we've got to talk about food, and just let me clear the air because I know my spies tell me that you have talked about my acquisition of ice cream at that uh, Leaf Games and, and also the, the pizza conga line and how I get cut into it by people that look after me. But, but, I mean, everybody should know that you could hoover a bag of popcorn pretty well. So let's leave all that stuff alone. When you're talking about building your, your day around your meals, take us through that. <laughs> Well, you know what? I, I still try and keep it fairly healthy, uh, even though I'm uncertain about my hockey career. I just find that, you know, when I do eat, eat healthy, I, I, I feel really good. So, you know, I'm four eggs in the morning, four eggs with some toast, a little bit of a greens kind of smoothie and, and a black coffee gets me going. And then lunchtime, we're probably looking at a little bit of a hot table situation or a wrap. There's a couple good spots here. I don't like to make lunch. I can't be bothered to make lunch. If I'm making lunch, that means I didn't make breakfast. You know, like there's, it's two out of three are getting made at home. One of them has to be out. Um, I just don't have it in me to do dishes and clean up three times a day. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. So then, and then dinners like you know some chicken, some steak, some salmon. One of those, maybe throw some pork chops on there and uh, a starch and some veggies and and wash it down with a little. Uh, post-dinner espresso and that's that's a day right there maybe a little salty snack before bed keep it you know keep it light maybe some popcorn nothing crazy but um yeah the uh and you know what actually when, when i was playing you know full seasons and stuff i would go on this food vendor when i would come home and the first thing i would always get would be like a veal sandwich from california sandwiches because i don't know if you know this nowhere else can you get a veal sandwich that's a toronto thing so all the places I've played, I'm like going to bakeries and restaurants, and you never see it on the menu. So that was always the first thing I did when I got home after a season. It's go to California Sandwiches on Claremont, grab a veal, and uh, maybe do that twice in one week. Wow, veal sandwiches are like Clamato juice when you go south of the border. Nobody knows what the heck you're talking about. But I want to talk about that breakfast. If you're having four eggs, and, and I assume it's a protein shake, that's quite a start, isn't it? You know what? The protein shake doesn't come out until after the workout. I just have a little greens, a uh, little scoop of greens that I uh, that I get going in the morning, and uh, let's just say it gets the digestive sh system going uh, very oh. well, Jimmy. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, guy. <laughs> yes, guy. All right. Last <laughs> night I had veal parmigiana. I want to know: Have you ever had veal parmigiana, and, and have you ever done a Ray Ferraro and spilled all over you? Uh, you know what? Actually, we had my wife's grandmother's 85th birthday not too long ago. And I don't know, I tried to pour some water and I guess I moved a wine glass and the wine oh. glass spilled and I accidentally baptized uh, my wife's aunt and she couldn't have been wearing more of a white sweater. Um, so she, it looked like it looked like a tie-dye situation by the time I was done with it. And I felt, I felt so bad for the lady. So um, you know, I'm on high alert right now when it comes to spilling things around uh, around eating tables and stuff. But, um, you know, I would say, Perry, I would say veal parm is your NHL all-star. Uh, chicken parm is your NHL regular. You know, he's a, a third-line guy. You know what you're going to get every night. 
and you don't mind, like it's, it's good, right? Never leaves you unsatisfied. And then, you know, when you're looking at the other parms, eggplant parm is probably the ECHL kind of grinder who makes $500 a week and just loves the game, uh, but maybe doesn't get as much love back from the game. So, you know, that's kind of my, my ranking order when it comes to the, the parms. Frankie, see, I just want to close this by saying that your third time on the show, and we talked about golf and food and spilling wine on ants, um, and and so I think there's a fourth appearance in your future, maybe two to three weeks down the road. Thanks for your time. All right, thanks, guys. Hit them straight. Finish your swing. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. And stay safe and stay heard with the Fox 40 electronic whistle producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. The electronic whistle is perfect to bring along for any outdoor activity. Don't forget to use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order, fox40shop.com. This is YESGUY, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes, Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTGDean or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Now we bring in the hardest-working man in television. This is Mark Rowe. Mark, how are you today, sir? I'm great. I don't think I... I earned that title yet, though. I, I felt like that's still yours, is it not? No, well, I said television, so. Oh, right. <laughs> I, yeah. covered, your, your I, I covered things over. Yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in typical fashion, while you're covering tennis for TSN, you're squeezing us in. So, so this is, a, you know, classic, uh, you know, Jimmer and, and Roe production where we're trying to squeeze something in around other things. So let me ask you this, because I've never really talked to you about how you got to where you are. How did all this start for you? Uh, in the business, actually, I was lucky enough to have an aunt that worked at TSN. And my first day on the job, I was 14. Uh, I was interning at Off the Record with Michael Landsberg and would go in whenever I could as a teenager volunteered at cable 14 in Hamilton, um, you know, went to university, got a job, um, working in the newsroom at TSN. And then, um, like a lot of us, you got to find someone that's going to put you on camera and take that risk. And that was in Barry. And I worked there for four years and then, um, you know, NHL network and now TSN. So now you've morphed into tennis. Mark masters is always at Wimbledon. You're usually at least last year, we're at the U S open, is it up for grabs who gets what, or does Mark have first dibs on Wimbledon? Uh, so I was at the U.S. Open when Bianca won. I was at the U.S. Open when Layla went on her great run. I don't think Mark Masters has a say in anything at this point, okay? So I get first day. <laughs> wow. Um, all joking aside, uh, you know, the whole reason why I went in the first place was because he's busy covering some hockey team that uh, – 
makes a lot of noise in the fall and well, the news isn't so great <laughs> oh. in the spring but uh we can leave that aside if you guys want but, two zingers beautiful right yes um but i just you know what he's supposed to go to wimbledon but just told me that he's expecting his first child i don't know if he wants to be breaking that on your show in early july so i don't know what's gonna happen but he usually gets first say for wimbledon and um, the plan is for me to be hosting on site in New York this, uh, later this summer, which is always a, a highlight for me, which is an incredible experience. Now, when I look at your resume and, and just knowing from, from watching, because you're all over the place, which I like, and, and, and I like the variety, uh, you know, what, what do you really get thrilled about here? Because you're, you're plugged into a lot of different programs, and, and they're all, of course, high profile. So it's got to be fascinating that way, right? Yeah, you know what, and, and I get that, I get asked a lot, like, what's your favorite sport to cover and stuff, and really, it's more of the production that excites me at this point. Like, I, I worked at the NHL Network for three seasons, and, you know, I just covered hockey, and it was so much fun. I grew up as a ski racer, right, and, and, and I played volleyball at the university level. I, outside of doing some Olympic gigs, I don't really get to cover volleyball very often. Um, you know, I played baseball, but... It's it's more, if you had told me 10 years ago that you're going to be the host of tennis, I would have said, all right, sure, I guess. And it's been the the, the most fun I've had at TSN, and, and there is obviously competition in that because there's a lot of things I've enjoyed doing. But um, that has been a lot of fun. It, it helps that I've kind of, it's been the best timing to be in this position, given that the, the rise of the Canadians, one of my first tournaments with Milos um, reaching the Wimbledon final, you know, obviously Bianca winning, um, Shapovalov, Felix on the rise, Layla doing well. So it's, it's I, I don't want to take any credit from what they've done, but it's just been uh, perfect timing to be in this spot. And yeah, the variety, I think, A, keeps you employed and also just keeps you, keeps you kind of on your toes. I, I, I feel like it would almost get a little dull doing the same thing over and over every year. So you, you reference Bianca, you reference Layla. As you as a broadcaster, can you feel their excitement? Does it blend over to what you do, or do you have to remain impassionate, kind of objective about the whole thing? Um, yeah, I think, I think both, both are there, right? Like you're, you know, people were congratulating me when Bianca won, and I, I, I kind of felt weird going, thanks? Like I, I, didn't, I didn't beat Serena. I didn't do anything. But, it, you know, you're kind of walking around as a proud Canadian. And the same thing with Layla, um, you know, so, and especially Americans, they're so envious of how well Canada is doing. Um, you know, I, I, I like to think that you when the lights on and you're doing your work, I'm objective and I can ask the right questions and I can ask the questions that, you know, the audience at home wants asked. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not internally, I'm cheering because it's, selfishly it's good for me it's good for the network if canadians are winning that means more eyeballs that means we'll we'll invest more in our production um and and you know you guys know you start to you you get to know these athletes you start cheering for the good people in our business and whether they're canadian or not um you know that's where you kind of you kind of go towards that and you also obviously you you point towards the good stories as well and what makes you know your storytelling that much easier on the broadcast mark i'm curious uh, you know obviously the you know the world's apart in, in a lot of respects in terms of where the world was but but when you're in that stadium at the u.s open and bianca wins and and layla has that that great run and it almost wins how similar or how different are those two scenes 
You know, Bianca, the, the, the image that I always share with people is that I had, you know, the best seat in the house all tournament long until the very end of that final match against Serena when I'm stuck in a hallway ready to go on court and I'm, I can feel the stadium shake on my back because I'm pressed up against a concrete wall because Serena made it 5-5 and everyone's there to see her win and then Bianca wins. Um, you know, you could feel that energy and the energy was... You know, they appreciated Bianca, but they're there to see Serena win. Layla had won over that country and won over that country. I think the moment she beat Naomi Osaka or once that comeback was happening. So I felt like much of the crowd was following her story and how well she was doing a little bit more than Bianca. And they were there to see this young up and comer who they probably didn't even know who she was a week ago as opposed to this Canadian who had just taken the, the sport by storm that year and kind of won everything that she was in and, and kind of, you know, I won't say they were rooting against her, but they, again, they were there to see history and that would have been Serena win that final. So you mentioned there's a possibility maybe doing Wimbledon pending Mark Masters perhaps becoming a father by then. If you <laughs> get to Wimbledon, will you indulge in strawberries and cream? Oh Yeah. Um, big strawberry fan. Um, you can't go without, you can't go there without getting the cream. That's not necessarily part of my diet every day. Uh, he, he admitted to me that he did it on TV and then told me he's lactose intolerant. That's the kind of commitment oh. that Mark Masters oh. gives to TSN. Um, oh I hope I don't turn lactose intolerant when I, when I get to try, uh, the cream, but one hundred percent, I will try it. I don't think that I can return home without trying it. And if I like it, maybe it'll be a daily routine. I might gain a few pounds, but hey, whatever. It's uh, you only live once, right? <laughs> yeah, and you certainly don't want to have that problem. But nonetheless, no. <laughs> he, he motored on. <laughs> let me let me go down this road. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to. What year was it that you started? Because I'm going to ask my question based on that. 2016, uh, the Roland Garros 2016 was my first ever tournament doing uh, during this role. No, no, going back and broadcasting. When, when did you first oh, go sorry. on the air? 2008, Barry, uh, which was CKVR, A-Channel, now it's called TTV Barry. Okay, so 2008. Um, I mean, you're stepping into a world that, I mean, it's, it's obviously a little more developed now in terms of different platforms, but it was really just starting then. So I'm, I'm curious as to, to what kind of influences really pushed you forward with this. Well, certainly, like, I remember, I remember joining this thing called Twitter in 2010. And it was kind of this, like, I was like, am I really doing this? Like, it was almost like, a, remember, like, MySpace? And then quickly it was everything, right? Like I, I use it as a, a news feed. I use, you know, we all use it to, you know, carry out our platforms, try to give our followers information. So that became a huge part of it. And then later on, it's, it's Instagram. Um, I'm someone that, um, you know, if I'm doing something that I think is interesting, I'll share it. That's obviously more when I'm, say, in New York or I'm covering a big tournament. You know, less so from, hey, look at my lunch. I'm not, I wouldn't find myself be tweeting a whole lot of pictures of that or, or Instagramming that, but it's certainly part of it. But yeah, when I think of when I started and the equipment, like I was, I was still editing tape to tape, Jim. And I know that you know what that means. Yeah. Um, we were yeah. still in the dark ages back in 2008. I assume that they have evolved since then, but uh, 
Yeah, like it's, you think of the changes. Like we're not that's not that long ago, and yet um, our whole industry has changed so much. And you know, it's not going to change anytime soon. It's we're an ever evolving business. So uh, hopefully, I can just keep up, Jim. All right, last question here. Notwithstanding Jim Taddy, who is the broadcaster that has had the most impact on your career? I like that you did that because obviously I'm going to say Jim, and whether or not I'm saying that to be nice or because I, I mean it, um, we don't have to know at this point. So, um, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, I got a, the first person's Michael Landsberg. Um, that man yeah. never said no to me for anything that I ever asked. Um, whether it was a reference, whether it was helping me get into university and telling me, like, this is the essay they want to hear during your, your entrance. Um, you know, he was even, I remember applying for a job at TSN and, and stupidly not asking for his help and showing up to the interview and that person saying, Michael told me we got to hire you, so we're going to hire you. And that's the kind of person that he is. I've learned a ton from him. Um, there's so there's a long list. Like I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. He's the first role model that I've had in this business and he continues to be. And, um, and I'm lucky to call him a friend as well. Well, I mean, if you're going to start with, with Michael, then, then you don't really need a long list. He, he can do it all for you. And, and I know he's helped out. Uh, Mark, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Jim Perry. Thanks so much for having me on. That is Mark Rowe. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Be prepared on the ice with the Fox 40 hockey products like the Fox 40 Call or Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox 40 Shop. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, no guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned Yes Guy, no guy edition on Yes Guy, the radio show. Go ahead, sir. The early exit of the Leafs and then the Florida Panthers proves that what happens in the regular season means bupkis. Well, I'm going to say yes, guy, to that. Uh, clearly, the president's trophy curse is alive and well for Florida and for the Leafs running smack into and, and maybe putting air in the tires of the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs was not a good thing. So let me counter it with this. Yes, guy, no, guy, Tampa's sweep of Florida makes the Leafs' exit easier to swallow. No, guy. They got swept in the first round. They have to get into the second round because if you keep getting consistently swept in or taken out in the first round. It just doesn't matter. No guy. Okay. Go ahead, sir. You're enjoying the Stanley Cup playoffs, even though it's starting to drag on a little bit. Oh, yes, guy. The intensity, the physical intensity, the the rallies, um, the, you know, you can just feel that the desperation of a team that's uh, that has to win a game. I absolutely love it. I mean, this is the best of hockey right now. There's no question about that. Um, yes, guy, no guy. Based on our conversation with Frankie C, you now want to have supper with Frankie C anywhere, anytime. Yes, guy, but I don't want to have four eggs for breakfast in the morning every day. That scares me. No, guy. <laughs> no, no, I said supper. You know, it's I'm a, just it's telling you to get him. to get to supper <laughs> means you had four eggs every morning in the breakfast. I worry about that. Yeah, well, I, I would too. That's why I asked about that shake. I mean, that's. That's a lot of stuff there. I mean, I don't think you need lunch after that, but apparently he has uh, some form of tapeworm. But anyway, let's let's move on. Go ahead, sir. 
if Frankie Corrado gets tired after four hours of golf, you wouldn't want to be golfing with him when he said, that's it, we're out of here. Oh. <laughs> well, he, he, no guy. He, I mean, he's, he sort of weathers, or weathers the storm there because he does text me and say, I bogeyed the last three holes and finished that, uh, that six over. And I went, wow, that, that wrecked a good round. But uh, I don't think he's abrupt that way. O-Dog might be a problem that way, but not Frankie C. Uh, let's see. Yes, guy. No guy. The Blue Jays will find their way. Yes, guy. They have just too much offense. Takes little time. Yes, they will find their way, guy. Okay, one more from you, and then we're done. It was a great show today. Yes, guy. Loved it. Paul Jones, thank you very much. Frankie Corrado, Frankie C., thank you very much. And Mark Rowe, the hardest-working individual in the broadcast industry. Thank you to all of them for stopping by, and I want to thank our listeners for stopping by. I hope you enjoyed Episode 77 of Yes Guy. I hope you come back next week for Episode 78, and we leave on this Yes Guy!